Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Today we wrap up our look at a book that is about to be released, a book published by Harvest House Publishers, written by Eric Johnson. It's titled Introducing Christianity to Mormons, a practical and comparative guide to what the Bible teaches. One thing we haven't discussed yet, Eric, about the book is what we call the proverbial bells and whistles. (laughs) You have, obviously, some very good chapters on very important subjects dealing with the Christian faith, but you have added some things that I think enhance the importance of this book as a resource tool. One of the things that you did in it is what we also did when we wrote Mormonism 101 and Answering Mormon's Questions together. We included at the back of the chapters some discussion questions that can be used in a Bible study type setting. In fact, I even used Answering Mormon's Questions in a home group setting, and we used those discussion questions, and I thought they were very well received by the people that were in that group. Well, you did the same thing with Introducing Christianity to Mormons, and I would say if you have a copy of this book and you are interested in sharing your faith with Latter-day Saints, as are some of your friends are interested in sharing their faith with Latter-day Saints, this would be a good reason to come together and go through this book chapter by chapter. So you have a number of discussion questions that are related to the chapter that they have just read, but you also have in it, and you mentioned it briefly during this week, you have a glossary at the end of the book. It begins on page 243, where you go through a lot of the words that are very unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and some words that are not so unique. It's important to know what the definitions are of these terms, because as we've said many times over the years, One of the major mistakes that Christians make when talking with their LDS counterparts is they assume when their LDS friend uses a term that they are familiar with, that they are defining that term the same way that we would be defining that term. In many cases, that is not the case at all. And unless you make this clear while you're talking with that individual, it's very easy to talk past each other and walk away thinking that the Latter-day Saint agrees with you when, in fact, you haven't really communicated your message very well at all. The first time I use the term is going to be italicized when it's in the book, and so that will give you a hint that you can go to the back and find out more, because I'm not going to explain that in the midst of the book. It's too hard to do. That's why I put this glossary together. So I have terms that are unique to Christianity or just history, like I have the Dead Sea Scrolls in there. I have deity. Deity in Christianity means referring to Jesus as being fully God. Doctrine, a theological teaching. But then I have terms that are shared between Mormons and Christians that will be, I think, very beneficial for the reader who may not know a whole lot. You don't have to know a lot about Mormonism to be able to share your Christian faith, but understanding those different meanings of the terms we use, I think, would be important. Let me give you a couple. Atonement, and then I say Christian. 
The death of Jesus on the cross provides the full payment for the sins of those who place their trust in him. And I tried to keep it to one sentence. It's kind of hard to do. We learned that in Mormonism 101 back in 2000 when we originally put together terms regarding salvation. It took us hours to come up with the exact wording. But I just want to explain that in Christianity, the atonement is what Jesus did on the cross, and he covers the sins of the believer. Well, in Mormonism, LDS, it says, Jesus' suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, as well as on the cross, allows every human to be resurrected to one of three kingdoms of glory. If you don't understand that, and the Latter-day Saint says to you, oh, we believe in salvation by grace through the atonement of Christ, and it sounds very spiritual, then you always want to ask the question, what do you mean by that? What do you mean when you say grace? What do you mean when you say atonement? And when you understand that's just general salvation that everybody gets, it's immortality. It's not eternal life or exaltation or celestial kingdom. Those are different terms, and those are defined in my book as well. Another word would be the Bible. Christian, the 66 books compiled uh, into the Word of God, provide access to the true doctrines and God's moral commandments. LDS, one of four written scriptures. The King James Version of the Bible is the official translation considered to be true as far as it is translated correctly, Articles of Faith, and that would be Article 8. So we have a difference because Christians believe the Bible is the inerrant Word of God. We believe that it fully gives us everything we need to know. In Mormonism, well, it's not necessarily uh, translated correctly, so it's nice and it's good. We'll use it when it's when it's good for us. We'll use 1 Corinthians 15, 29 to support the idea of baptism for the dead, but it's not something that you can rely on completely. So you're going to have to have these other scriptures that have been put together by Joseph Smith. Let me just add to what you just said there, because many times they will use the Bible as a resource for what we call proof texts. Mm-hmm. And you just mentioned 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty nine. else what shall they do which are baptized for the dead? If the dead rise not at all, why are they then baptized for the dead? Of course, this is one of the main proof texts that I have found many Latter-day Saints will use to support their doctrine of baptism for the dead. Even though scholars admit it's a vague passage, there's no way that the early Christians believed in baptism for the dead the way the Latter-day Saints believe it. And so what they've done is they'll take that verse, rip it from its pages, and forget exactly what it says. Else what shall they? If you listen carefully, Paul seems to be distancing himself from this practice. We don't really even know what all the details are regarding this that Paul is describing. But certainly when he uses they, he's not including himself in this practice. True, Latter-day Saints do go to the Bible when it suits them, but usually when you bring up a lot of other citations that don't really fit their theology, they're very quick to want to jettison those teachings as something that's not to be trusted. One thing I want people to know is I'm not pretending that this is somehow a systematic theology. Um, There are systematic theology books that are... 2,000 pages. And I use some of them to help me to uh, explain some of the unique teachings of Christianity. But I give at the end of every chapter a resource to sometimes four or five that if they want to read more about that particular topic, and I'm looking right now on the chapter on the Trinity, page 174, and I list two books, E. Calvin Beisner, God in Three Persons, that was written back in 2004, and James R. White, The Forgotten Trinity. The latest edition was 2019. Both are excellent books. Both have a lot more to offer. 
and in the introduction, I actually explain the three systematic theology books that I utilize. And, and I, I'm recommending that people would use those three. Wayne Grudem, Systematic Theology, John MacArthur in Biblical Doctrine, and Millard Erickson, Christian Theology. I use those throughout. I also want to make sure everybody understands I'm trying to give the essential teachings of the church, and I'm not trying to get into peripheral issues. I really don't want to get into the difference between baptizing infants or baptizing adults, immersion or sprinkling. That was not my goal, because Christians have in-house debates about how baptism ought to be and other things like that, but that doesn't take away the designation as Christian. We believe in the same essential issues. We do have possible differences in some of the peripheral issues, and we can certainly discuss those, but that was not my main intention. I want somebody who reads this book to realize If you're going to call yourself a Bible-believing Christian or an evangelical Christian, these are the things that are most important to us. And I think it's good that you did that, that you stuck to the essentials. Take, for instance, when is Jesus coming back? There are, like you say, in-house debates in the church regarding when that could possibly be. But still, these are things that we have sometimes fun discussing. Sometimes it can get a little intense, depending on the individual you're talking to. But again, these are not what we would call salvific issues. If you hold to a view of when Jesus is coming back, perhaps different than my view when Jesus is coming back, I'm not going to say you're not a believer. I hope you wouldn't say that I'm not a believer. This is not an issue that makes or breaks your Christian faith. But the subjects you do cover, those are important. And even though there may be differences of peripheral views among Christians on some of these topics, On these topics that you cover, there should not be a difference. And so when you cite a lot of these other commentaries, and if you don't like the three that you cite, there's plenty out there that we would encourage you to go read. And I'm sure you're going to find that on these topics, they're probably going to be in full agreement with all of them. Then by all means, knock yourself out. Go find and read as many as you want. But I think it's important that you stuck to the important issues. And I can appreciate that in the book. Oh, one other thing that I mentioned in an earlier show, but I probably should have mentioned every single show, was the website, introducingchristianity.com, has a variety of extra information that will go with this book. Or if you're going to use those questions to maybe do a group study, it has possible answers because some of them are a little open-ended, but gives you, as a leader, for instance, if you want to do a discussion with other people to help you with that. But I'm hoping that somebody who really wants to understand how they can share their faith with a Latter-day Saint would be able to use this book. I have a lot of charts in there, the telephone game. I, I show you the transmission of the New Testament text versus the telephone game. I have pictures in here that hopefully should be helpful. I have a lot of charts, especially in the chapters on God and Jesus, to explain here's the Christian position in bullet point form versus here's the LDS position. I've tried to make it as simple as I can so that a layperson who may not have a lot of background information necessarily of Mormonism to be able to understand where they're coming from. And if you have a lot of information, you really already know, I still think this could be helpful because I have, through experience of doing this for over well over 30 years, I've been with you, Bill, since 1989. And by the way, I want to thank you for the role that you've played in this book and looking over my manuscript. And many of the things that I've written here are things that you have taught me. And then also I thank Sharon Lindblom, who is a friend and associate here at Mormonism Research Ministry. She looked over both drafts. 
and did an incredible job, as she's done with all of our other books. I so appreciate what Sharon has done. And I list in the uh, acknowledgement page over two dozen people that helped, including my daughter, Sandra Tanner, uh, people that you may even recognize they helped me with this. And so this is not a one-man project. It was a little daunting to do it by myself, but it had to be done because of the stories that were told. These are my stories for people who want to understand what Christianity teaches, whether you're a Christian or a Latter-day Saint. Here's what I have to offer. The book is Introducing Christianity to Mormons. And if you would like to get a signed copy by Eric, you can simply do this by donating a gift of $100 or more to Mormonism Research Ministry, and he would be glad to send you an autographed copy. Now, that $100 goes to furthering our efforts here at MRM. Uh, Eric is not taking any royalties on this book, but all the proceeds will go to furthering our efforts. Also, if you're a Latter-day Saint and you're sincerely interested in wanting to know what Eric has to say about what he believes Christianity to be, we are willing to give you a free copy of this book. All you need to do is simply write Eric directly at eric, that's E-R-I-C, eric at mrm.org. Explain that you're a member of the LDS Church, you would like to have a copy, and Eric will send you a free copy of this book. Introducing Christianity to Mormons should be available to the public very soon, and we hope that you will get a copy of this book, because I really think it will help you when sharing your faith with members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.